0: It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Portugal's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Portugal's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Short version, please. Close to the end. discussion of the squad and um, before we do that i should talk about my uh, shirt you may have noticed youtube watchers that it's not quite a portugal shirt and once again i confess to the poverty of my shirts but i have at least tried to uh try to uh color match uh as i have to do with so many teams that's as good as i can do but uh, i promise to uh, work on my shirt collection after this world cup and um hey you know maybe some portuguese fan could uh you know kind of throw a shirt my way maybe one that uh, play a player wore on the field okay i'll move on let's talk about a few notes so we'll kind of go back to the notes that we had at the top of the podcast in the takeaways section takeaways from our uh previous podcast so i won't repeat uh the stuff on the that's kind of focused on the team uh just briefly i'll say we talked about the what and the how and what we meant by that was the what is their results in tournament which are uh, quite good uh, but the how is a bit less convincing because they tend to not win group stages or group qualification stages uh, and have a have a few uh, kind of shudders along the way, so not as convincing in in qualification or in in a close analysis as uh, they are, or they seem to be in a kind of a superficial overview of their final results. Uh, finally, we uh, oh sorry, we also pointed out that uh, the friendlies, two friendlies they played against Qatar were experimental, but we also noted that uh, maybe it was the start of our third point. Uh, moving to a rotation system. So uh, as we've seen with actually many teams in the previews to these Cups, uh, the previews to these teams in the Cup, there seems to be a bit of a trend going on with uh, teams using a rotation system of two players uh, in several positions, rather than the traditional format of having kind of a starter and a backup. So, we saw this very clearly in a couple of positions for Portugal, where it used to be a starter and a backup, and now seems to be an alternating position between two players. So, that makes it a bit difficult to predict starters. And we've had to start uh, using a different color coding of yellow to denote players who, uh, you know, they're not the clear starter, but they will probably get some starts. And we also use yellow. Uh, for two players that seem to alternate starts so rotation kind of a, a thing in this 2022 World Cup the other point we want to talk about was this is this the end of a generation we have seen and we will see more clearly shortly uh, that a lot of the players in this generation are getting older um, around the turn of the century Portugal's performance uh, record picked up uh, with what was called the Golden Generation, kind of led by Luis Figo. Uh, and that took them from a team who often didn't qualify for Cups to, ones, uh, to a team that regularly qualified and actually regularly uh, passed the group stage, so uh, uh, sometimes among the top teams in Europe. And we also noted that they had done well to replace that generation in what I call the Cristiano Ronaldo generation. And they remained at that high standard of uh, reaching cups and passing group stages for the most part. Now that generation, the Ronaldo generation is coming to an end. And uh, it's not just him, but a few players uh, alongside of him, which we'll talk about soon. And uh, the question, The question is, are they aging out? Does this mean uh, Portugal will go back to being a fairly, uh, well, second tier, let's say, team uh, in Europe? Or are they uh, producing enough players that they can kind of keep this going and maybe even argue to becoming kind of permanently a top team in Europe? Well, we will see that they've done better than most. We have a few teams uh, in this World Cup who, after the World Cup, we're a bit worried about because we know there's going to be a swath of their star players retiring. Uh, But when we look at club affiliations below, we'll see that uh, Portugal was uh, was and continues to be regenerating uh, quite nicely. And we'll leave it at that for now and move on to club affiliations. So this kind of demonstrates the point because their club affiliations are quite uh, impressive. Uh, so we've seen a lot of players with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Nuno Mendes and Danilo, and uh, other players who have been there in the past. Uh, Vitinha, who is just a possible candidate here, and Renato Sanchez, also with uh, Paris Saint Germain and other top uh, top teams in in uh, England, for example, a couple of Manchester City players. We have um, uh, Barcelona. I thought we had represented uh, Atlético Madrid, um, and then <laughs> uh, I should mention a couple. Of, uh, and of course, top teams in uh, Portugal too, uh, Porto. Uh, Benfica and uh, Sporting Lisbon too. We have Borussia Dortmund in Germany, uh, also, and uh, uh, um, Italian teams. Uh, actually, yeah, AC Milan in Italia, uh, in Italy. Rafael Liao uh, with AC Milan, and we've had. If there's not a lot of players now in Italy, there uh, are players who have played for top clubs there before. Uh, Rua Patricio's with Roma. But uh, interestingly, uh, in addition to some top clubs in England like Manchester City and Man United, we also kind of have a a gathering of Portuguese at Wolverhampton in England. So currently uh, I'm counting one, uh, two, three, four, five players. Uh, Six players with Wolverhampton right now. And there's also players like Rio Patricio who have played with them in the past. Uh, One of them even with uh, Wolverhampton's uh, youth club. So uh, kind of a little Portugal there uh, in England, a gathering place. So impressive club affiliations uh, for Portugal suggest that they are uh, doing a good job renewing Let's talk a little bit about uh, some statistics. So um, I have been working on a few statistics. Excuse me, I I just have to take a drink. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, the first statistic we look at is how many players they have on the slate. And um, Portugal has uh, 42 players who have played for the team since 2021, and that compares with an average of 49. So Portugal dealing with a smaller group of players uh, to select from, but as we've seen, it's a pretty impressive group of players. And uh, even even the way it is, they'll probably have to cut some players that many teams would uh, would bring to the cup. You know, uh, we've seen that. Uh, some of their players with top clubs, even Ruben Diaz with Manchester City, uh, despite that good club affiliation, uh, has difficulty getting onto the club as a starter at least uh, onto Portugal. So uh, they're very rich in terms of players, despite having less than average in their total pool of players. Uh, and then as far as the um, the serious candidates, those that we coded as definite, likely, or possible. Uh, it's 35. And the average is 33, so not really much to talk about there. It's a pretty uh, average number. And the number of uh, definite or likely candidates is 23, uh, which is slightly higher than the average of 21.5, uh, suggesting that um, uh, they've pretty much chosen their squad. Uh, we've pretty much seen what their squad is going to be like there may be a couple of injuries and uh, players going out there may be a couple of players in good form coming in but even uh the way it is since they got to bring 26 players to the club it'll probably just be three or you know four or so of the possible players that we talked about in the player by player podcast only three or four of them will, will actually make the final squad so uh, the squad pretty much decided for portugal in terms of age uh, they are one of the oldest squads with an average age of 27.4 and the overall average for the teams that we've done is actually quite high uh 26.9 so the players in this world cup i think a bit older on average than previous world cup uh, but uh, Portugal is still one of the oldest among them, and part of the reason for that is uh, they have some some you know very senior players. Uh, Pepe is 39 years old, Jose Fonte 38, Cristiano Ronaldo 37, and Xavi Moutinho 36. Most squads only have maybe one player uh, anywhere uh, of that age, if they have any at all. Um, uh, but Portugal has those four players. However, overall, they only have seven players who are 30 or above. So most of their players are in their uh, mid to late 20s. And if we go to the bottom of the uh, scale, we have um, eight players who are 23 or younger. So that kind of balances out the the scale a little bit, but it tends to be on the older side. And and not a bad thing at all, because it gives them great experience. Uh, Their average number of caps among these players is uh, 40.2, and that is extremely high, maybe the highest among all teams. Uh, No, uh, Belgium has more caps per player, but only Belgium is higher. And wait, no, Qatar is higher. The average anyway is 29.9. So they're 25% higher than other teams. So a very experienced squad. Also a squad that has a a lot of goals amongst them. And this one really is by far the highest. Uh, 220 goals among these players. the average is 131. And in terms of goals per uh, cap, uh, total goals per player, it's not per player, it's per cap. Uh, uh, so I've come up with this statistic that, that just kind of measures this, and they are sixteen point two percent. The average is thirteen point six percent, so they're significantly higher, uh, and one of the highest. Uh, uh, one of the highest. So I'll just tell you, Argentina and uh, Germany are both seventeen point five percent, and then the uh, next team is France with 16.8% and you'll never guess who is fourth. I'll give you a moment to think about it. Poland, not a team I really think of as a high scoring team, but uh, they're fourth and Portugal is just behind them. So no problem for uh, Portugal getting goals and they get them all over the field uh, uh, as well. So, I'll just go over some stats for goals before we move on. And that is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with a staggering 61%. That means he scores a goal every two out of three games. And there, I, I would dare say there's very few players, if any, uh, at that ratio. And uh, they also have Andre Silver at 37% and Diogo Jota at uh, 34%. Uh, those are really good numbers. Uh, defender Diego Dalo is 33%, but it's, it's two goals in six games. So we don't really take the number seriously unless they have more than 20 games uh, under their belt. Uh, Gon- Goncalo Guides uh, has seven goals in 32 games. That's pretty respectable uh, at 22%. And then several players in the high teens. So overall Uh, a good scoring team Portugal and uh, players from all over the field uh, putting the ball in the net for them All right, next we're going to move on to uh, players and issues to watch starting in the defence with the goalkeeper position so uh, Patricio Rui and Diogo Costa Um, this is one of several pairings where we see a move from a kind of starter with a backup uh, to a rotation system in uh, the Nations League game. So initially it was kind of Patricio Rui and then uh, the secondary keeper who would only get on if uh, Rui was injured or something like that. Now uh, in the Nations League games in June, we saw them kind of rotating. So each of them played two, two games. Will that be the way it is in the Cup 2? And as mentioned, uh, there are several positions where that's the case. The next issue though is, uh, is there room for Ruben Diaz? So in central defense, we have um, Pepe and we have the defensive midfielder uh, Danilo uh, kind of drafted in, and that's the central pairing. But uh, Ruben Diaz plays for Manchester City. Hard to believe that a, a player of a club of that stature um, is uh, uh, kind of uh, being a, a substitute. So uh, will the Manchester City player get a sniff of starting? In the uh, right defence, we have uh, Rafael Guerrero. Sorry, left defence, Rafael Guerrero and Nuno Mendez. Kind of a similar situation uh, of uh, starter and backup switching to a rotation. So I'm expecting uh, uh, both of those to get at least one start. Uh, on the right side, though, uh, João Cancelo seems, uh, by contrast, to be the uh, to be the definite starter there. Um ultimately replacing Nelson Samedo who predominated in the Cup, although uh, that might have been because Giao Cancelo was injured, uh, sorry, was out with coronavirus for the Cup. Uh, in the midfield, um, one of the considerations is the formation changes. So uh, the formation changes makes it a bit hard to pin down the midfield position. Uh, the 4-3-3 formation seems to have emerged as the favored formation. Uh, But that makes it a bewildering number of candidates uh, rotating through those three midfielder uh, positions. So uh, a nice problem to have uh, in a sense. It's a problem of having too much talent, uh, too many good players to fill just uh, three positions. So I wonder what they're going to do in the cup with all that talent. On the attack... A similar situation uh, with Diogo Jota and Rafael uh, Liao as left attacker. Is one of them going to be a starter or are they going to rotate as they did towards the end of the period we're talking about in the uh, June Nations League games? Uh, on the right, uh, similarly, is it uh, Gon- uh, Goncalo Guides or Otavio It looked like Gon- uh, Goncalo Guides was the main player. But then Octavia came in and played all the Nations League games. So is it going to be one or the other or a rotation of both? And uh, even up top um, with Ronaldo and Andre Silva, Ronaldo was certainly the starter in the cup. But as the period wore on, Silva, uh, Silva increasingly rotated in. And by the time Nations League came around, it was two games for each of them there as well let's move on to some new players that have joined the club uh, uh joined the um national team and i'm going to limit the discussion here to players that we uh coded as uh definite or likely because uh, otherwise it becomes a bit unwieldy but um a new player diogo costa uh, in goal seems to have become the uh, backup keeper, if not a rotating starter and he's just 23 years old, uh, plays for Porto in Spain. and even though he joined the team in 2021, uh, seems to have moved into uh, uh, become kind of a key player there. Um, we have central midfielder uh, matthias Nunes. so uh, he only started two of their 10 games. But we consider him likely because he was subbed in for six uh, besides. He plays for Wolverhampton in England, as do so many uh, of the Portuguese players. And he is 24 years old, uh, never played in a tournament uh rafael uh leal we just looked at him as a left winger possibly a starter maybe a rotating starter he's just 23 years old and plays for ac milan in italy so a pretty good club affiliation there uh he has been with portugal since 2021 but already has 11 caps so it looks like he's making good inroads into the teams, Uh, unlike actually some other teams where a lot of the new players are kind of just at the possible level and haven't been used that much. But these players have really made inroads into the team. Finally, we have right midfielder, Ottavio. Uh, So he started six of their remaining 13 games after his first one in September, 2021. Uh, He's not as young as the others, 27 years old, but he did get his first cap in 2021. And he, like Diogo Costa, at, uh, the goalkeeper at the top, uh, plays for Porto in Portugal. Uh, let's, look, let's look at some of the injuries. So uh, Nelson Tomato uh, was injured for the June matches, but as we noted in the Player by Player podcast, is back uh, playing with this club uh, by August 2022. So uh, not really an issue there. And uh, we also have uh, Diogo Jota, who looked like he would be, uh, you know, was a bit touch and go at the beginning of the season. Uh, He was out with a hamstring injury in August, but he came back in early September, and uh, he seems uh, okay now. And finally, we have um, uh, Jao Felix, And uh, Jao Felix was a possible candidate out with a muscle injury for the June games, but was back in action with his squad in September. So really, uh, no injuries to worry about so far. And uh, uh, among these players, only one of them, Diogo Jota, is at the likely level or higher. So one gets the feeling they could afford to lose Nelson Semedo and Jao Felix uh, without too much damage to the team. Finally, let's look at notable absences. So we have goalkeeper uh, Anthony Lopez. Uh, Never really um, was a starter uh, or anything like that, but he was a backup keeper in Euro 2016 and 20, and also in the World Cup 2018, but now seems to have uh, made way for uh, other players like Diogo Jota, who we just saw. Rafa Silva, kind of an interesting absence there. He looked like... um, he, the 28 year old was uh, uh continuing with the team having played in the 2020 euro cup and after uh, he last appeared on the bench shortly after the euro cup in september 2021 uh, i sense um well he wasn't called up after that and uh, in september 22. Uh, announced, his resi- uh, announced his retirement from the team for personal reasons. So still has a couple of years left in him, but has announced uh, his retirement. So it's not a consideration for this cup. Bruno Alves is a central defender. Um, he last appeared in the 2018 world cup he was just on the roster there uh you know his prime years were around the 2010 and 2014 uh, world cup but he hung up his boots uh um for the uh, national team after the uh well 2018 i don't know if he announced his retirement but uh his last appearance was in that world cup and he hung up his boots in uh, 2022 uh, as a club player, also Ricardo Carisma, uh also missing. He was he was off the team by the time the Euro 2021 uh, came around. He was just a sub in the 2018 uh, World Cup and and never much more than a substitute. But he did have uh, 80 caps for the national team and uh, uh, was uh, at least on the bench for the 2018 World Cup. So a familiar name that we won't see at the world cup and and that's it for uh, notable absences. So we'll finish the podcast with uh, the players who we predict are going to start. And uh, we start with Fernando Santos. So he's been their manager since 2016 and it would be uh, a bit late to uh, get rid of him now. So we're going to call him a starter, the starting manager. And um, maybe I'll name the definite unlikely and any significant, uh, Possible candidates before uh, for our podcast listeners before uh, talking about the starters. So, uh, for goalkeeper as a definite, we have Rio Patricio and Diogo Costa, both definite, and possible uh, Jose Sa and Rui Silver. So, probably one of those two making the third string keeper. And in this case, um, you know, if there is to be a starter, I would say it's uh, Patricio Rui, um, but I really think it's going to be a rotation. Uh, with Diogo Costa maybe not starting as much but I think he will get a start in the cup even if it's more than a a kind of a b-team game there. Uh, For central defenders um, uh, Pepe and Danilo Danilo Pereira uh, have been a, a kind of a steady pairing uh, kind of leaving Ruben Diaz a bit on the outside. So Pepe and Danilo are definite candidates. Ruben Diaz is a likely candidate. And we have uh, four possible candidates, uh, Domingos Duarte, uh, Jose Fonte, Thiago Giallo, and David Carmo. Um, I would imagine maybe one of them. Usually they bring about five central defenders to the cup, Um but uh, it seems like Ruben Diaz is going to be uh, kind of a substitute unless someone gets injured and maybe uh, two of the possible candidates there. But again, um, uh, Danilo Pereira is actually quoted as a midfielder. Um, left back, we have Nuno Mendez as a definite and Rafael uh, Guerrero as a likely. And I kind of think they're going to be uh, rotating. Uh, Guerrero has kind of been in the position primarily but Nuno Mendes has made inroads and um, there's not enough evidence to suggest which one would be a starter uh, not so on the right side though right back, João Cancelo um, was out with coronavirus for Euro 2020 but is back now and seems to have a firm hold on the right back position the likely candidate is Diogo Dalo, and kind of the outgoing uh, uh, candidate is Nelson Samedo so we think it's possible he makes the squad but um, um, maybe not um, but Jao Cancelo with uh, Diogo Dalo kind of uh, in a backup role there on the bench in the midfield they generally went with a 4-3-3 formation but they did use a couple of other formations and won't necessarily stick to that uh, but generally, it is one central defender. It's very hard to tell, though, because it could be uh, any one of a number of players. So perhaps uh, better if we do um, all of these players together. So defensive midfielders, we have uh, Ruben Neves and João Palhinha as uh, likely, but likely to uh, make it on the squad. Uh, central midfielders, we have William Carvalho and Matthias Nunes uh, as, um, likely candidates with, uh, Renato Sanchez and, uh, Vitinha as possible candidates. Um, I can't really see, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them started, but I don't see anyone jumping out at me uh, as a starter. So, uh, it could be any one of them or maybe a bit of a combination or maybe none at all. Cause, uh, uh, Another confusing thing about the midfielders—they move around there uh, quite a bit. So uh, we created a category of versatile midfielders for those who move around uh, a lot. And um, for definite candidate, we have Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva, and as a likely candidate, João Matinho. Uh, I think actually Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva will start uh, without. Um, Necessarily predicting where they'll start, it could be anywhere. And I think Joe Moutinho has uh, a good chance of starting also, uh, but I'm going to put him as a yellow in that he will start some games, not necessarily all of them. But uh, I'm not even willing to put a uh, yellow on any of the defensive or central midfielders because uh, I just can't uh, tell which uh, which it'll be. So. Uh, Let's move on. Left midfielders and right midfielders uh, will probably be a selection of these uh, defensive, central and versatile midfielders that we've talked about. Um, On the left wing, I think uh, Diogo Jota and Rafael Liao Liao will share starts. So I don't see anyone as a single starter. Uh, And on the right wing, Uh, Oh, okay, but uh, Diogo Jota and Rafael Liao uh, really sharing starts as left attacking midfielders, left wingers, or left forwards, depending on the formation they use. But I think um, uh, they will rotate, basically, in that uh, upper left quadrant of the field. Um, The next candidates I see as possible starters are in the uh, attacking midfielder, Uh, role and um, yeah again I think if we go back to the versatile midfielders Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva I think they're more likely to pay a central attacking midfielder and I don't see any of the candidates we have listed here as uh, uh, you know starters however on the right attacking midfield side I think it's going to be like the left with uh, likely candidates Goncalo Guides and Otavio uh, sharing the the starting role. So I can't pick out a definite starter there. Maybe Otavio has the edge having started all the Nations League games in June. Joao Felix, a possible secondary striker, uh, would be more of a substitute. And... Um, Forwards, uh, we only have two definite candidates: Cristiano Ronaldo and Andre Silva. Andre Silva has been coming more and more into it, not necessarily playing as a centre forward, but uh, perhaps uh, part of a two-forward line with Cristiano Ronaldo. Or we've seen both of them kind of playing as the left attacking midfielder. So uh, I'm going to say for uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, put him in a, as a definite starter. And Andre Silver, I'm tempted to do the same, but uh, just to be cautious, I'll put him as a sometimes starter. Okay, well, um, I'm sure there will be a few surprises when the starting lineups come out. So I don't uh, do that with any uh, supreme confidence, but that is um, kind of a glance. And we'll update that in the podcast, uh, in the update podcast. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. And I'll just uh, make the picture uh, a bit smaller for our YouTube viewers. And keep in mind, we will be doing that update podcast uh, uh, and including new information that comes out, the September games, any friendlies we play, and um, uh, the preliminary and final rosters. So we'll probably do the podcast. After the final rosters are released. Meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a pH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the show notes, which I've uh, been working on uh, with lots of notes and links to help guide you through the uh, series that we've done. Thanks for listening and hope to see you again in our next Media Cast. Bye-bye. <laughs> Music